Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio together at last. We embraced for a good five seconds before he said, get off me intern, and I went back to my seat. Four and a half. But at least I had (laughs) consent, right, buddy? (laughs) All right, so uh, let's talk about that Chiefs win. First regular season game in Arizona. Uh, Straight out the gate, I mean, it was Clyde got to work. You got receivers getting to work. Kelsey gets the first TD. Um, Everyone's scoring. Mahomes ends the day with five touchdown passes. I mean, come on. What more could you want? That's how they're going to beat teams all year long or until somebody decides to stop them. They blitz you. They take you. They slice your throat right from the very start of the game. And that's that. you saw that in the preseason games. You saw a little bit last year. They can do it this year because he has, and he being Andy Reid, a terrific, in my opinion, offensive line. Patrick Mahomes was sacked zero times yesterday. Now, that's not to say he wasn't hit. He was, but that's going to happen. When you let the ball go and you have some big defensive tackle on your face who's going to lay you out, that will happen. But in terms of sacking, (laughs) he got rid of the ball every time. 30 of 39 through the air, 360 yards. As you mentioned, five touchdowns, two of them to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I guess that's how they're going to use him, at least for a while. But I was really, really impressed with the way the offense, offensive line especially, handled things. Now, and that's without Trey Smith in there. Allegretti was starting, too. So Allegretti uh, yeah. did get the start. Now, in all honesty, Arizona was minus some key defensive players. And some key offensive players, too. And offensive yeah. as well. Did it make a difference? Well, we don't, won't know. We won't, absolutely will not know. That's that's for speculation. But the, uh, the Chiefs' defense did sack Kyler Murray three times. Now, that's getting to this guy, and he's tough to get to. He's a scrappy little quarterback. He just didn't have full weapons. So, in a sense, the 44-21 victory, that might be a little bit deceiving, but it also is uh, indicative, in my opinion, that the Chiefs are pretty doggone good. Uh, 360 yards passing to 179 for the Arizona Cardinals. Defensive backfield played very well. The Chiefs had the ball for the game almost 10 minutes more than Arizona did. Arizona couldn't handle that. It was an altogether different football game altogether, but it's exactly how the Chiefs do run things. They take away your spirit right from the very start. That's what they're going to do. Now they have a big game coming up on Thursday night that's going to be extremely interesting. It is in Kansas City. Are you going to that one? I wish, but I just got back from vacation, so there's no way in hell they'll let me go. No, I'll be over at Coyotes. We'll have our uh, teardrop out again, so... I'll be with the guys that can't be at Arrowhead on Thursday, <laughs> just like you. Well, we will be with our uh, pregame show at 5 o'clock on Thursday, but this is the Los Angeles Chargers. And, folks, this this division is loaded, and I think you saw that yesterday, too, the Chiefs and, I mean, the Chargers and the Raiders uh, playing. It, it, it was pretty doggone good what they could do. So, indeed, you have Justin Herbert coming in here to play against Patrick Mahomes. These are two of the high-powered quarterbacks in the league. Now, the Chargers did beat the Raiders in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. 24-19 was the final score. And the Chargers differ a little bit from the Arizona Cardinals in that they have three key receivers, and they're all big, Mm -hmm. big people. That defensive backfield is going to be challenged. 
but the game's at Arrowhead. It's at Arrowhead, <laughs> and uh, Keenan Allen went down with an injury yesterday. We'll see if he comes back for Thursday. I saw the injury, and it may keep him out. And it, for some reason, Keenan Allen never seems to be in there when they play the Chiefs. But. And uh, I'm not going <laughs> to complain about that. But the other thing I was going to ask you, too, is that watching that score, which I was doing during because, I mean, the Chiefs are just putting it down real quick. So kind of got to pay attention to what was happening outside that game um, yesterday and watching that score it was very low scoring especially for a couple of teams that spent a fortune building their offenses up so do you what do you think about that going into the Thursday game? I was a little surprised at that the Chargers seemed to play a little bit uh, less decisive football than the Raiders did and I don't mean that as a negative but they were very cautious about how to handle things had the lead and they were afraid of the Raiders Here comes uh, Los Angeles back, and heck, uh, what was their, I think their quarterback was sacked uh, something like uh, three or four times in the game, something like that is what the Chargers were able to get in and create havoc with the uh, Raiders' uh, offensive scheme of things. But the fact that it was low scoring, I think, is, is testimony to how each team approached the game. I don't think that Thursday night's game will be. I think that'll be a, a higher score. I think so, game. too. Uh, real quick, though, big congratulations to Green and White looking pretty good yesterday. Yeah, well, they did, didn't did at first. The Detroit Lions came out and got the victory. Detroit's much better. They're a much better football team than they have been. But Philadelphia is, too. And the Sirianni's team came from behind, got the big lead, and then had to hold on. Won a 38-35 over the Lions. Had to have the fans thrilled, but... Hey, Detroit's coming back. Philadelphia, you knew they were going to be pretty good. Yeah, and then those tie. Oh my God, the Houston had it done, and somehow they let that get away, and they tie it. And then the Cincy Steelers game was just oh my how God, about missing how, those field how goals. That how about Burrow getting sacked five times, throwing four picks, and still tying the game up? That just I just it. It's unbelievable. That guy's made out of something we're not made out of. I'll tell you that right now. As improbable, though, that Steelers-Bengals game, as improbable as this was, Cincinnati's winning the game because all do is kick an extra point. Time's up. You know. And he can't make the extra bits block. <laughs> he ain't in since. I'll tell you right now, he didn't go back to Cincinnati. He got in his car and drove as far away from that stadium as he could. They, didn't, they won't see him for a while. So it just it keeps blowing my mind. Every single time this man hits one out of the park, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, he's going to do it. He's past A-Rod, which that was what I wanted most out of this thing. Is he, As long as he gets past A-Rod, I'll be happy. Albert Pujols. Helping the Cardinals get a dub yesterday with another home run. With four runs in the ninth inning when they were behind 2 nothing, That's the key. And Albert's home run put them ahead. So it was key. The Cardinals don't have anything to worry about. Heavens, they have the division wrapped up, in my opinion. But you're looking at Albert, and now, folks, he has achieved a goal. And it's the question is, in his mind, is it the goal? Got past A-Rod at 696. So Albert has 697 career home runs, and now he is the fourth. He is already now the fourth all-time leading home run hitter in baseball history. The other goal is 700. Can he get the 700 mark? There are only four players who've done it, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, three players who have done it. Albert wants to be the fourth, and you're joining some of the immortals of the game. I wouldn't classify Barry Bonds as being an immortal, but he is there at 762. Bad Henry and Rearen at 7.55, and probably the most immortal of all of them, George Herman Ruth, at 7.14. Now, and Albert Pujols become the fourth to get 700 or more home runs. I think he can. 
I think he will, but he is probably going to remain as the fourth all-time leading home run hitter ever. And, Mike, I don't think we'll see that that record snap anytime soon. Not anytime soon, but the way the league's been kind of, let's get him a little bit more flashy hits and stuff. Well, that's how they're coaching the kids now to hit that long ball with that, what do they call launch angle and crap like that. (laughs) It's fine. You could say a lot more worse things than that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll probably hold for a while, but I guarantee you he won't be the only one in the next 10 to 20 years. But... He's got, what, 22 games left to hit three? About 22. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, I, I really think he can do it. And hopefully uh, kind of edge a little bit into the 700s would be great. But like I said, he beat A-Rod, and that's all I really cared about. And I love him for it, man. It's just been so good to see him back in the Cardinals uniform I'm doing this for the team. I suggest that uh, when, and I think it's a matter of when and not if, he gets above that 700 mark. I think he finishes with about 703, 704. That's what I was kind of guessing, too. Some, at least 705. All right, well, we'll see. Whoever catches that 700 ball, though, whoo, mama, that's going to be <laughs> worth a lot of money. Because, uh, well, oh, so let me ask you this. Well, I know what you would do, because you'd probably give it back to him. If you if you were in the stands, you caught the 700 ball, and Albert Pujols, because probably his manager or Someone from the team, someone's going to reach out to you and say, hey, that's a pretty big deal. Can you get it back to Albert? What would you do? The answer is yes, I would in exchange for season tickets for the rest of my life. (laughs) Transportation, (laughs) hotel. I don't want to pay for anything I drink while I'm there. Absolutely. All right. Well, when they give you, if you're out there and you catch that 700 ball, you give me a call. I'll I'll negotiate it for you. Uh, You know, I think I I would probably do something along the same lines. I don't think I'd put like a hard line like, I'm going to get. Five million for this, or something like this, but some kind of an exchange like that, I think, would be really, really cool. Any to do. baseball team yeah. in the country would go for this. Oh yeah, big yeah. time, big time. All right, so let's talk about tennis. The national tennis champions have been decided. Did you have a good time with the Open this year? The tennis was nothing short of outstanding. Outstanding. These are both young kids who have won the titles. Iga Swiatek from Poland won. Uh, beat Oms Jabor, who is a tremendous player. Peter in straight sets on Saturday with dynamite match. Uh, Schwantek is, oh gosh, I think she's probably mid-20s, somewhere along the line. And she is the first female athlete ever from Poland to win a tennis uh, world championship or national championship in this case. And it's the title of the United States. Okay, she wins on Saturday. Yesterday, we get to the men's championship. And it's the 19-year-old kid, Carlos Alcaraz from Spain and Casper Ruud from Norway playing for the title. This is all Alcaraz. He is, you've never seen anything like this kid. He's dynamite. He is the next superstar on the tournament. We were talking the other day about tennis superstars forthcoming and who with whom can you identify. Rafael Nadal was there for a while, but now it's Alcaraz. At 19 years old, he does, he is so athletic out on the court. Just did wonderful things. Wins it three sets to one over Rude, who's a very fine player. But they're the two champions, Schwantek and uh, Alcaraz. They are the national champions. And tennis is over on a on a Grand Slam basis for the rest of this year, and then it picks up with Australia right after New Year's. We saved the best for last. I've been waiting for this since Saturday afternoon. <laughs> My K-State Wildcats beat up on the Zoo Tigers on Saturday. Oh, boy, did they Oh, ever. my God. That was a hurt. I, I it, it, was, <laughs> it was great to watch, I'll tell you that now, much. Now, the game had to be delayed for a yeah, while. Lightning. Uh, yeah, lightning. Lightning. And, and we had a little bit of that, mm-hmm. very, very little bit of that here, but we did get the cool weather, thankfully. 
But yeah, went over uh, Manhattan pretty well, and they had to stop the game for a little over a little over an hour. Uh, but hey, that didn't stop the Kansas State freight train. They really let Missouri have it big time, forty to twelve. Is that what yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> uh, so indeed, you had a uh, the rematch of a Big Twelve team against the Southeastern Conference team, and you could hear the fans. <laughs> oh God, this had to really be hurtful. They're derisively saying SDC. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which is hilarious. Uh, I'll, I'll also speak on that too. Watching the game in Arizona yesterday with the Chiefs after like touchdown four or five, the tomahawk chop was so loud that's all you could hear in Arizona. Which I love when I hear that when the team's on on the road. It makes me so happy. But other uh, college games, I thought uh, uh, Tennessee game was dynamite. Um, oh, those are two good teams, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. But the uh, but the upsets, I mean Notre Dame and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> Talk about upsets and and see whether or not they really are the Sun Belt Conference, which is what a lot of uh, Missouri State fans who are backing the Bears going D1 somewhere. I don't think it's going to happen. But hey, how about the Sun Belt Conference, folks? We don't want to be in that league. They've got Marshall. They have Appalachian State in there. They have some Coastal Carolina. Hey, these are some really tough football teams. Case in point is Appalachian State goes to College Station and knocks off Texas A&M. This is the same, I'm going to hedge this a little bit, the same Appalachian State that went to Michigan and beat them 20 years ago in a huge upset. Appalachian State then was Division I AA. They aren't now. They're D1A. In other words, it's FBS, and they have played. That's where Missouri's coach uh, came from. He was Appalachian State's coach. Took him to a bowl game. Anyway, they beat Texas A&M 17-14. to Then you, uh, and this is the same Appalachian State team, Mike, that last week was playing North Carolina at home. This Appalachian State is playing at home, and North Carolina's Tar Heels are there down 40 to I forget what the score was. Maybe forty to three. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sixty-three to three in the fourth period. Appalachian State scored forty points, came back and lost the game, and made it a big, big deal. You talk about Notre Dame and Marshall. Marshall is Sun Belt Conference. They go into South Bend and didn't just beat Notre Dame. They dominated them. Beat them 26-21. Georgia Southern, another Sun Belt Conference team. They go to Nebraska. And knocked off the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And here comes the biggest upset of the day. <laughs> it wasn't in the field, folks. It was the note that came over yesterday morning. I want you to understand how this contract works. Here's Scott Frost, the head coach at Nebraska. You knew he was short-term because he hasn't gotten the job done. Oh, yeah. Lose to Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. Did beat North Dakota, but they get beat by Georgia Southern in Lincoln. Well, in his contract, in Frost's contract, the buyout clause ends October 1st. It goes from $16 million to $8 million. Well, it's obvious. going to fire him October 2nd. Niet fired him yesterday. <laughs> they have to pay the whole. Uh, which leads you to believe two things. They wanted the guy out of there bad, bad, The bad. alumni was willing to foot the bill. And they, wa- yeah, they had the yeah, money to yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. But it just, it's so crazy because you like, you know, the Marshall Notre Dame game, you, you, these teams are getting paid like, what, a million, two million to go in there and be. Mm-hmm. Almost like cannon fodder for you. With you think that's that's essentially what the deal is. They're like, ah, God, Notre Dame. Oh, man. You know, they they want to win. They think they you know whatever. But it's more about we're getting this check. 
They get the check. They still go in there and beat them. <laughs> so double, great. Double jeopardy. Oh, a double insult. So, so good. But I'll tell you right now, I'm in a good mood, not only because I had a week vacation, but also football is back, baby, and it felt great yesterday. Ned, you have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.